What if the advice that you're getting from the smartest people that you know is wrong? As startup founders, we all seek advice. We all want the answers to the test we'll face. But let's face it, not all advice is equal. Not all advice is valuable. And none of it should be followed blindly. There can be no replacement for your own decision-making as a founder. Today on the Startup Therapy Podcast, we'll discuss how to seek advice, how to ensure you're getting the best advice, and how not to fall into the trap of letting other people's experiences dictate your actions. So today on Startup Therapy Podcast, we're going to talk about getting advice uh, and how to seek advice where to find it, and how to make sure that you're doing the best job you can in receiving that advice. We know that as founders, you have these unlimited list of questions and you're always going to be seeking out help and answers to the tests. But Will, why do you think it is that so many people are, are getting bad advice? Are they doing a bad job following the advice? Are they getting the wrong advice from the wrong people? In, in your mind, you know, when we unpack this, what's the real issue here? I think that people are assuming the advice is good to begin with, right? I think yeah. people are saying, oh, okay, this person sounds like they know what they're talking about or, or they've had a great track record. So by way of that, whatever advice they're about to give me has to be valid. Yeah. And, and the truth is, it's sort of not, right? I mean, like yep. more often than not, the advice you're getting is so far off base, typically well-intentioned, right? right? Like, I mean, we, we tend to see people Always. giving well-intentioned advice that also doesn't make it good advice. And where it really starts to break is we put all this faith in our advisors to do a lot of things that they're not doing, such as providing context or you know, uh, listening closer, asking better questions before they give advice. And so there's this whole litany of kind of faux pas that, that we get from both advisors and then the founders themselves that I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the context is the probably the most important piece in all of that. I think that there's a danger in looking at somebody who's somewhere ahead of where you are, right? And saying, hey, that person's done something that I want to do. I'll have them tell me how, which is dangerous from, you know, the, the seeker's perspective. But I also think the same thing happens from the advisor's side, which is the advisor yes. sitting there going, I'm here. I've made it. I can tell someone how I got here. But without the context of where that person is, that's really dangerous. And so I think you end up in these conversations where both people are thinking the same thing, which is that they have the answer and or I have the answer. And, and that's where it starts to go off the rails. Yeah. So I, I think for this discussion, we should probably consider we're pointing the, the, the discussion and the weight at both the advisors and, and asking them to be more deliberate about how they give advice. And, and then certainly yes. the, the founders in, in how they uh, receive, ask for, and most importantly, synthesize advice. And and I think Correct. we're seeing a few areas where it's consistently been, being given wrong. And, and let me give you an example, right? Because this, uh, when I wrote the article, this was what was in my head. Years ago, I'm at a startup weekend. And at the end of startup weekends, for those of you that have been in the event, you've got 54 hours, if you will, from uh, Friday till Sunday to come up with an idea and then build kind of like a prototype and then pitch it to a panel of judges at the end and the judges pick which one they think is most interesting. It's pretty cool. But at the end, you, you get usually four or five volunteer judges, you know, kind of local fixtures, usually around your community, people have done well. And uh, they're there to give advice on what they think, the, the validity of the idea and, and what they think of the idea. Well, what blows me away, having been to a ton of these, and this is just kind of a metaphor, um, for all the, the bad advice being given is how quickly 
the advisors, the judges, want to give absolute answers to a concept they just heard about five seconds ago. Yeah. And, and I'm sitting there listening to them give this advice going, holy shit, what happens if that startup, if that founder actually takes their advice? Because <laughs> I know exactly for a it. fact it's wrong. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, going, oh but so God, this is, this here? is a really interesting, this is a great example, Will, because I believe that a lot of that happens because the judges feel pressured to give some kind of response. So going back to this, this notion of context, in the context of Startup Weekend, these judges only have this minute or two to respond and give their thoughts and they feel like they have to. So they're like, I have to say something, right? I have to tell them what to do. They're here because I know something more than they do. And so I have to, I have to hand them something. And then what they end up handing them is, is sort of a half, half wrapped out of context piece of advice that, as you said, let's hope they don't follow it. Well, right. And what they should be doing, and this is, again, the onus of both the advisor, but also, I think this is important, for, for the founders. If someone's not asking the right questions, and, and I think we can probably get to this later, but if somebody's not asking the right questions as the advisor, you kind of already know you're probably about to get shitty advice, right? Yeah, that's, so, that's the context piece, right? Without the questions, yeah. unless they have some other way of knowing your life story and your business story, they can't, they can't apply context to the situation. At all. And, and this used to piss me off when I was out pitching for, for venture, right? I would, I would get in front of a, a venture yeah. firm. It happened all the time, yeah. right? And, and yep. I'd get in front of a venture firm, I'd throw up my pitch deck, and whatever we were talking about, because I've you know, done venture for a lot of different businesses. And what blew me away was how I could get in front of uh, uh, the, the partners uh, at any venture firm. And within five minutes, they're telling me how my business is, is going to go. And I'm thinking to yeah. myself, this isn't a part where you should be telling me anything. You should be asking questions. Were right they, now. were they delivering this information f- from behind tented fingers by any chance? Of course, yeah. yeah. How else would they, yeah. would they deliver it? You know, <laughs> nose turned up, tented fingers. Well, that'll uh-huh. never be a big enough market. I'm like, how the fuck could you know that? <laughs> like, I've been working right. for two years. You've been here for sixty seconds, right? Come on, yep. right? What I've found over time is that the best advisors, and in, in people giving advice in general, even if they don't consider themselves advisors are patient, they're thoughtful, they ask questions long before they, they, they give any answers, right? And they keep saying, what if? Even if they know the answer, that to me, yes. that's like the, the most ninja move, right? Like you already know two plus two equals four, but you're asking how they got their answer, right? Yep. Show your that's, work. Yeah, and what ends up happening though, because let's say at a startup weekend, because the judges aren't leading with a question, they're not giving themselves enough ammunition to properly give advice. And I think that's a dangerous place to be, right? For both sides, for both sides. It is. And so what frustrates me when I sit down with a founder and the founder says, oh, I've been given this advice by such and such, or, you know, I'm I'm getting, my advisors are currently telling me this, this, and this. First thing I'll say, what hard questions did they ask you before they gave that advice? How did you arrive at that point? Yeah, you have to know that. And it's what's interesting. So like as, as, a, as somebody who, who fields a lot of startup questions, you've gotten really good at this, right? And it's even, even when somebody else is presenting their advice, like, so I was advised to do this. We have to get the context of that to even understand how they arrived at that point. Because I think something else that's dangerous is you get this compounding advice effect. There'll be times where I'm talking to people and they're like, well, so-and-so already said, and, you know, and they're the expert in this. And I get resistance around asking questions about how they arrived at that point. 
I'm like, look, man, I can't drop more perspective on top of what they've given you already without running the risk that we're now heading doubly in the wrong direction. Right. right. So like I right. gotta know, right. I have to have the context that they're like, well, no, we've already figured that out. So what we want to know is what to do next. I'm like, yeah, you're not going to get that from me because it's super, super dangerous because now we're compounding bad advice and, and this gets exponentially more dangerous, right? Building a really shitty second floor on a really bad foundation, right? We do not want to do that. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. You know, when we were raising money for a company that, that we started a long time ago called affordit.com, which doesn't exist anymore for lots of good reasons. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> we had raised a, you know, a, a little bit of money from some pretty notable VCs. And the premise though, this, this is, this is the best part. The premise was we wanted to create a payment mechanism to be able to buy things using weekly payments. I mean, yep. that now exists 10 years later with companies like Affirm, et cetera, but that we're literally doing the exact same thing. When we went to VCs, we sat down and we said, okay, here's the premise. Uh, there's a huge amount of the US population that's unbanked. We want to be able to create this simple credit mechanism that doesn't require past credit checks, et cetera. And immediately, within 60 seconds, I'm getting these really pointed, well, that'll never work. It'll never scale. It'll never this. It'll never that. And I'm thinking to myself, again, pardon my French, how the fuck do you know that? And so I start going down my list, right? Because as you know, I'm a pretty chatty guy about these things. And I, I say, so I, I just have to understand before you tell me in this absolute sense that the, the total addressable market, the TAM is this, et cetera. Have you ever built a business in this uh, arena before? Oh, no. Okay. You uh -huh. haven't. By the way, you're a VC. Have you ever built a business? But like, I'm yeah. not even get into that part. Right? Uh -huh. <laughs> forget, forget that for a second. But I, I need to understand your qualifications for giving this advice before I can assess the weight of that advice. And yeah. let me tell you, man, not very many people hold up to even the slightest bit of scrutiny. They're, they get so used to being able to give their advice and just have it be absolute gospel. It's sort of not. Yeah. When you challenge them, not a lot of people can back it up. Yeah. I think you also have to consider the context in which you're getting the advice. Like, what is the reason this person is telling you this thing? And in the realm of VC, I think that it very frequently they're just trying to send you away, right? They're for whatever reason, they're not interested, whether they're right or wrong or whatever. So you have to consider the context. Why is this person wanting to help me in the first place, right? Are they you know, do they have the best intentions? Do they just have, you know, neutral intentions in the case of a, of a VC, you know, or, or is there, is there something else at play there? And I think that's really important to consider too. Like how much of a vested interest does this person have in getting the answer right? Right. And, and how self-aware are they of the context of their, their advice? For example, I get people that come to me all the time with advice for their startups. And they look at me and there's, Hey, you're startups guy, you know, you're CEO of a startup startups.com, you must know a lot about this stuff. You've done a lot of it. And I always preface by saying, I know a lot about starting companies. It's like literally the only thing that, that, that I'm an expert at. However, I'm not necessarily an expert at starting your company. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I understand yep. the playbook, but I don't understand how, how the game is played in your industry or for what oh, you're man. trying to solve. Now, oh man, two things, two things in that sentence that I want to unpack. One, right, it's this, it's this notion, right? And I get this question all the time, like, what do you think about my business idea? And my, right, yeah. my automatic answer to that is always the same. I don't. Yeah. I literally don't think about your business idea because it's your business idea. And, and so this is that, going back <laughs> right. to that notion, right, right. notion of context, right? We have to have that, that context. 
And it requires, you know, a lot of background information to be able to help them with, with a specific, uh, specific response. I said yeah, there were and, two and, things in that sense that I want to unpack and I forgot what the other one was. Uh, <laughs> well, well, again, it, it's incumbent on both sides of, of the equation here, both the, the founder and the advisor to both understand the context. So uh, if I sit down with someone and I, and I say, uh, I want to start a, a pizza chain, right? Just an old school business. I want to start a pizza chain. And I'm able to get in front of Jim Grody, who started Donato's Pizza, which you know sold yep. to uh, McDonald's, et cetera. You're thinking to yourself for a minute, okay, I'm in front of Jim. He's going to tell me exactly how pizza uh, shop should start. Is he though? When's the last time Jim started a pizza shop? <laughs> right? What? Thirty years ago? It's been about right? three decades. Yeah, maybe more. Uh, and what I'm saying is, you know, the stuff that he's probably dealing with day to day are yeah. so far removed, yes. right, from what you're going to be dealing with. Yep. The, the the life and times of what what the world looked like in order to promote and deliver pizza thirty years ago are so different than what they are today. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that, that he wouldn't have some good advice. I'm saying you can't just say, he's in the pizza business, I want to be in the pizza business. So whatever he tells me has absolute context. It doesn't. Yeah, that's it. And, and it gets dangerous. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I think uh, it mentioned in the article, I said, uh, if you were to take somebody that was, that was giving this advice and, and, and they're saying, okay, here's what you absolutely have to do. You start sizing that up and you start to say, okay, well, when I started scaling, uh, you know, my marketing, is it the same as when you were scaling your marketing and your, your product market fit, right? It wasn't, right? So maybe I started my business five years ago and the world looked a certain way, you know, social performed a certain way, uh, Google AdWords performed a certain way, and it just doesn't now. And that was just five years ago. I can't assume that our two frames of reference are the same. I can't assume that because I scaled a product in that category, that it's the same as you scaling it today in the same category, probably with different resources. There's I'd go so a step many further. Variables. Yeah, I would go a step further and say, assume that it's not the same. I would yeah. go a step further and say, just assume that the context is not the same. It just never, it's never going to be. Um, and you know, your point around taking advice from Jim and you know him launching the business thirty years ago, he can't really give advice at that point. Not about the start, right? He can he can give you perspective. Right. He can right. give you his point of view. He can he can't tell you how to do it. He can tell you what he did. And I think that's such an important distinction because every little company and at every stage is is going to have its own unique challenges. Right. We're all right. snowflakes. Um, right. And and therefore, you know, we cannot just apply, uh, you know, the the same learnings and say that, like, OK, this will just work. And this reminded me of the, the second point, which was that you said uh, you use the word playbook. Right. And I don't think right. that there's anything wrong with having a playbook, but I think that the minute that you start to be getting playbooked, <laughs> so if I've jumped <laughs> on the phone and I've asked somebody questions, if I asked Jim, like, hey, Jim, um, I'm thinking about starting a pizza shop. What should I do? And he's like, let me lay it out for you. And then he just goes into a 30 minute delivery of his playbook. I should really be screwed. I should probably just stop listening. Right. And I'm not, this isn't about Jim, of course. Um, he may have the perfect playbook for doing this. He may be thinking <laughs> about how to start in the context of today, every day. I don't know that. Um, but the point being, it has to be contextualized. So if he hasn't asked those hard questions, if he doesn't understand, like, well, where are you starting? For what market? Right. Are you, you are right. delivery? Is it dining only? There's so many things that have to be unpacked before you can do that. So if you start getting playbooked and they're not asking questions and you're just getting advice, you're probably not getting good advice because all you're getting at that point is is a plan that isn't 
adapted to your needs at all, right? Which yeah, makes I, it about as worth, uh, worth as much as the paper it's written on. And so really the, the common thread there on both sides, again, is just asking questions and just yeah. keep asking why, right? When somebody starts to say, this is exactly how you're supposed to scale Facebook marketing, instead of saying, well, tell me how to do that, say, why? You know, why should I be taking that approach? And if, yep. if they can say, well, that's, that's how we did it, so that's how you should do it, uh, <laughs> that actually might be true, right? It might be 100% yeah, true. Might but be. it's worth a little investigation. Exactly. Right? Because the last thing you want to do is start taking all this great advice that's sending you on this wild goose chase, which, by the way, I have to say this, and, and first-time founders, this is pointed directly at you. You're going to get so much bad advice that looks like good advice. You probably got some today, Right? All you can do to combat this, all you can do to, 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 to really synthesize this is keep asking, is it, is it relevant? Is it true? Yes. Uh, yes. Why am I getting this advice? What other counterpoints have, have I sought out, right? Young founders really aren't given that advice, like <laughs> the advice on how to take advice, right? That's right. And, and it's tricky because, man, we rely on it so much, you know, early in our careers. We I can do. think of so we have we know nothing, right? So anybody who knows yeah. a little bit more must be an expert and they must be right. Right. <laughs> so I was it's it's a I dangerous was so trap. I was so drawn to this. You know, uh, when I was young, I started my first business when I was 19. I was so enamored with anybody that that wore a tie, right? You know, so to speak. You know, um yeah. that had more that had silver hair that was that was, you know, more uh, you know, more experienced than I was. I assumed yep. whatever they, they were telling me was gospel because no one had ever told me don't make that assumption. Right? So I right. just looked at it and I thought, man, this person's telling me exactly the way the world works must be exactly the way the world works. Yep. Turns out later, the line like, to the bland, the one-eyed man is king, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, right. And so the other place that I think I got tripped up a lot, and, and I, I definitely see this when I'm sitting on boards of other companies and I'm, I'm watching founders firsthand take advice is most of this advice is delivered as absolute. Yes. Right? It's not, hey, you should consider this, which is the right way to phrase, phrase any advice. It's, you're supposed to do this. And more specifically, I'm implying that if you don't, there's something wrong with you. Right. right? Yeah. That's, that's the hallmark of a really, really bad advisor, right? When they, they, <laughs> they give you the advice and then they set the expectation. And I've, I've had people do this to you where they're like, you know, Here's 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 what you got to do, Ryan. Let me let me lay it out for you. Here's step one. Here's step two. Step three, and then they do something that I think is probably well intentioned. They're like, and I'm going to hold you accountable to this. When do you want right. me to check in to make sure that you've done this? And I'm like, um, how about I get back to you after I decide if I even want to do this? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I've been around the block twice right? yeah. now. And yeah, I mean, like, and but it's crazy. And and again, like, I don't think it comes from a bad place. I think that they're sure they're telling you the right thing to do. It's super dangerous. And while that's the hallmark of a shitty advisor, I think one of the one of the 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 little signs, the tells that I use now, if I'm seeking advice, somebody gives me their advice. I always like it when it's couched as perspective too. It's a word I use a lot. I tried, I in fact I will literally tell people, I don't give advice, but I can give you some perspective. Right. Sure, I want absolutely. you to figure out what to do. But I think the hallmark of a really good advisor, and I've 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 gotten a lot of this advice others, and this is one of the ways that I can kind of put a check mark and say, aha, this person, this is good. 
they will actually suggest to me where to go or who else to talk to to get an additional point of view on this, right? They're not going to tell me just, you know, go seek additional opinions, right? Which is we're, we're telling everybody. You said it a few minutes ago, founders get more than one perspective, right? Don't right. take one person's data point as the line. One point does not make a line. You got to get a couple of data points, then you can start to plot your direction. But I think that some of the best advisors that I've dealt with were people who came and said, here's what I think. Here's my perspective. I'd suggest also talking to this person, this person and checking out this resource so that you can start to form your own opinion. Like that always feels really, really good to me. Right. And, and I think that there's a matter of showing some humility as an advisor. One of the things I think, Ryan, we've done as far as all the folks at startups.com that have gotten on the phone with founders, met with founders, you know, traded a gazillion emails, yep. is we always start with, this is to your point, this is one perspective, your mileage may vary. For sure. Right? We're stating from the outset that you should be considering other data points, not stating from the outset that that my advice is absolute, right? Correct. The other thing that we always really hammer home is... I don't have your perspective. You know, I've, I've learned about your mobile social business now for nine minutes, right? You've yeah. been working on it for two years. Same problem I had it's when exactly I was doing that afford it. What do you think about right? my business? Again, right. we don't. <laughs> it's yeah, not, our, it's it, not our business. Absolutely. And, and, and then the last point we always make is, look, no matter what I tell you, no matter how certain I may seem about this advice, it's not my decision. And, and, and Ryan, I think that points to what you just talked about a moment ago, which was the I'm going to hold you accountable. Again, often well-intended, but I can't hold you accountable to a decision that you didn't make. I can't walk in and say, here's how you should be doing marketing. Now I'm going to hold you accountable to my decision. Yeah, it's a good I need you to, Yeah. If I'm going to hold somebody accountable, I need to be able to give you the best case for, for why my data point might make sense. But I can only hold you accountable to your decision, not mine. That's exactly right. right? And I have to give you the, the agency and latitude to be able to make that decision. Here's what I tend to see in having worked with lots of different incubators, again, in, in advisory capacity, in things like a startup weekend, in, in those different events, doing board work, et cetera. Just having seen a, a, a lot of reps on this, I see an advisor get very passionate, usually in a good way, by the way, very passionate about why their advice should be followed. And, and if you're not passionate about your advice, should you even be giving it, right? right. But to the point that, th that they would be flat out offended if the founder didn't take it verbatim, right? So, so it's not really advice, it's a directive. And that's, that's also a dangerous place to be. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a great point, man. You know, I think that it's great that advisors get passionate and that they get... Uh, they're, they're emphatic in delivering their advice, but I think we have to be super, super careful about this notion of, of, you know, it's not our job to direct them, right? You shouldn't walk away from getting advice and feel trapped by that advice. The advice should feel freeing, right? And, and so I think that when you apply a lot of passion and you're like, you're super emphatic, you're like, you know, you got to do this, you know, you can do this. Uh, this will be great. Um, that all of a sudden now the founder feels trapped by this right they feel like now their their path is narrowed i know that there've been multiple times where i've walked away from a session feeling now like well if i don't do this i'm an idiot right and, and that's not necessarily true and in fact in almost every case it wasn't um i can be an idiot all by myself i don't need anybody's help <laughs> to do that um but so like i think and you said it in the article right it's not the advisor's job to direct a founder like an employee 
right. uh, you know, and, and I think that this is a twofold, this is a twofold issue. And I think that there are advisors who absolutely will do this. And I have founders coming to me all the time asking, and they just want to know like, okay, but what should I do? Like, well, I can't tell you that I can't, I, I don't want to tell you what the next step is. Right. Let me lay out the, 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 the frame for you. Well, let's talk about, let's get all the context we need. And then it goes back to the why and what and how, and those are the questions that they have to go through. Use my perspective and that of anybody else that they've talked to, to form their own path forward. Right. Absolutely. You know, actually what I've learned and how to be a good advisor is when the few instances where I was sitting across from a good advisor seeking my own advice and kind of why they were so good at it, right? And what I learned was the best advisors arm the founder with better questions to ask, right? Yep. Instead of trying to tell them the answers, which is very much a parent-child kind of relationship, yep. they say something to the effect of, Ryan, if you really want to dig into this question or to this problem, here's probably the three questions you should be asking yourself and start with that. What I love about that approach, and, and that's what people did with me because I hate being told what to do, <laughs> which is why I'm such a, an, an entrepreneur at heart. The, the best advisors would make me feel empowered by knowing I was at, heading down the right question, but giving me my own path versus trying to dictate it. And it just yeah. felt so different. And so yep. now when I give advice, a lot of what I'm trying to do is say, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? But you come up with the answer. Right. Yeah. But exactly. Let's face it, Ryan. Like over time, a lot of our experience has taught us what we should be thinking. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a good example. Often, when when founders are getting started, uh, they get some early traction in the product. Right. They're so excited about it. Right. You know, people are signing up, or or people are buying, or people are doing this, and they're saying, "Well, how do I scale this thing?" And a good advisor steps back and says. How do you know that what's happening right now has the ability to scale? Right? Like, has anybody asked you? Yes, you're selling 10 units a day. Do you know that you could be selling 20 units? Do you have any idea? You just assume it's 20 units. You just assume if I'm selling 10, I, I could clearly be selling 20. Could you? Right? And when you, when you put those questions in front of a founder and have them go, well, shit, I guess I never really thought about that. You know, <laughs> maybe this isn't ready to scale. That's empowering. That's good advice in my mind. Absolutely. And so, you know, I think that, you know, this notion of asking questions and arming you with questions, I, it's really, it's two sides of the same coin. You know, when I often present these things in the form of questions. So I ask questions that I know they need to have the answers to in order to come to the right, um, the right conclusion for themselves. And I often know well in advance of asking the question that they're probably not going to have this data point that I'm asking for. But now just by asking that question, they know they need to go and find it. I don't have to tell them, hey, go, go get this data point. Hey, go get the answer to this. Just by asking the question and them and not having the answer for it tells them what they need to know. Let's, let's look at the other side of the coin now, which is, you know, we want, as advisors, we want to arm our, you know, the, the people that we're advising with good questions, right? So they can go forth, be more curious and get the answers they need to make the right decisions. Right. But what happens from the advisor's side when, when we're asking, you know, we're giving advice without asking questions or if you from the founder side, you're getting advice without having, you know, heard questions like, you know, you, you walk up, you walk into the doctor's office and, uh, and, and while you're still filling out the form, they come out and they give you the diagnosis. You're like, I haven't even given you my insurance card yet. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, what's wrong with me? Right. 
Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, imagine that, right? Uh, imagine the doctor is giving you the prognosis and he is yet to ask you any questions about your health. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And, and so, we so like, accept that. And yet, <laughs> and, and, yet and right. And in the yet. startup space are like, people take this all the time. They're like, well, but, but you know, this, this, this person knows Yeah, your oncologist also knows everything about cancer. You still want to talk to him before you get diagnosed, I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think what, what happens is the, the advisor is, is so compelled to give advice right? To give a, a, a response. How often yes. do you talk to an advisor? Um, and again, I, I'm going to, uh, you know, kind of shine the light on, on or an investor and have them say, you know what, to be honest, I really don't know much at all about your industry. And I couldn't possibly tell you how, how, uh, what to do next. Right. Yeah. You're never going to hear that, which is probably actually the right answer in most cases. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, for myself, when I get asked advice, the first thing I, I, I try to point out to folks is here's all the areas where I actually just can't be helpful, right? If, if you're saying, yeah. hey, I want to be able to scale my marketing, I can tell you what channels of marketing tend to scale, how they tend to work, etc. But that's about as far as I can take you, at which point you want some, some very detailed information about how to set up a campaign or how to write copy or how to uh, do yeah. landing page optimization, etc. I'd have to be spending a lot of time with you to give you actionable advice there. Yeah, right? that's exactly it. And uh, I think that actionable advice that 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 is such an important piece right so i think that as founders so now i'm i know you can't see me but founders i'm looking right at you right now <laughs> stop insisting on actionable advice because this puts the advisor in a position where they feel like they have to give you a step to take it may not get to that point and, and in a lot of cases it shouldn't because again you're the one that has to define that next step and so i think that one of these, you know, as a tip for seeking good advice, right? Make sure that this advisor is asking questions. But in addition to that, don't back them into a corner where they have to answer a question for you, right? Because it's not the right approach. You're going to get an answer. And it may well be that it's a subpar or even a bad answer. And I think that it's, it's something that we often do to our advisors. And again, like they may already feel compelled to, to give you some takeaway. They, right. You specifically say like, well, you know, what should the takeaway from these be? What should I go do now? Like they have to answer that, right? A really right. brave and a really good advisor will tell you, no, I, right. I, I actually can't do that. Um, but I, I feel like very few people are actually going to do that. They're going to try to answer that question for you. What, what I found kind of like a pro tip that was super helpful for me, again, when I was pitching capital or just pitching concepts in general, I often had a slide in there or something in, in, uh, in my collateral that was basically here's five questions as, as an investor, as an advisor, you probably should be asking, right? Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of people do that, by the way. But what it did was it level set. Like, for example, uh, when we raised money for Afford It, uh, one of the things in the FAQ was how many people that are, that are underbanked, meaning they don't have a bank account or credit facility, how many of those people are currently looking for another solution, right? Sure. And, and so I would, I would basically frame the conversation by giving the, the investor, in this case, uh, by virtue of an av uh, advisor, the investor the ability to say, huh, there probably are some things I don't know. And the fact that there's a list here kind of reminds me that I probably should be asking more questions. And that's what that was intended to do. But it also sure. helped me steer the conversation. If, if I were a founder that were seeking advice on things, I would open up the conversation saying just something simple and innocent, which is, 
here are the three questions people tend to ask me the most, right? What's beautiful about that is either one, if I'm the advisor, I'm thinking, oh, well, I already know the answers to all three of those questions. At least I, I, I know that they're, they're being presented and considered. But if I don't know the answer to those questions or I'm like, shit, you know, I probably should be digging into this a little bit more. It forces me to be more authentic about my investigation. Sure. Absolutely. And so for, for, for both advisors and for founders, this ability to be able to step back, show some humility from both sides and say, hey, none of us necessarily knows the perfect answers to your business right now. Let's ask the right questions and then let's, let's arrive at some of the conclusions together versus me just telling you what to do. And, and again, I think yeah. that it's that dynamic that's broken. And, and often case, the, the conclusions that you come to are simply another set of questions that have to go and be answered at that point, right? It's, you, you're basically figuring out what is it that we don't yet know that's keeping us from getting us to where we want to be. And then that becomes the next exploration, right? But that's the part where the founder has to go off and start to do some things on their own. Once you've received the advice, Let's talk about then what do we actually do with this stuff, right? So, uh, you know, we've gotten some information back. How do we unpack, synthesize, and apply this stuff? Right. Uh, well, l- let's let's start with the opposite. Here's what not to do. Ignore uh, all of that and just run with it verbatim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Got it. That doesn't end Drive well. off cliff. Got it. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I think it's a multi-stage process. For me, and, and, and using kind of some of the principles of, of idea validation, which is something, you know, we teach a lot at startups.com. The first thing is to ask yourself, how qualified is the advice that I'm getting? Sometimes that's hard to assess, sure. but it's worth asking. If my rich uncle in commercial real estate is telling me about how to set up and run my mobile app company, I'm sure he's well-intended. I'm sure he, yeah. he, he knows a lot about starting his business, but he doesn't know jack right. shit about starting a mobile app business. It doesn't matter how successful he was, right? <laughs> yep. It's it's the whole Shark Tank mentality, right? Here are sharks who have been successful. This person's going to uh, come up and pitch, and they start droning on about you know their own success and what they've done, and it's like yeah. cool, right? That's not you're you're, you're qualified in that you're successful. It kind of ends there. The quality of your advice as it relates to what I'm doing right now, not so much. Again, until you ask the right questions. So I, I think qualifying yeah. whether whether the person giving the advice is qualified to give the advice or most appropriate for your business. Exactly. And then the second thing is, how applicable is it to my situation, right? So not only might you have been in a different industry, it could have been a different era, it could have been with a different budget, it could have been with a different team, it could have been with different timing. I mean, really, Ryan, the, the problem... Yes, it <laughs> yeah. was with all of those yeah, things. Yeah, so like, like, maybe, like, the, 100%, everything was different, yes. The, the, problem, the, the probability that it's one for one is almost zero, right? Right. So... You have to dig into. <laughs> I've never had anybody ask me that actually. Like Ryan, how do I build your business? I'm like, excuse me, like, <laughs> because that's yeah, because like, that's actually what you're getting. You're getting the, the framework for building their business, right? And so uh, I think from an advisor standpoint, to be a really good advisor, it's important to be able to say, hey, here's what worked for me given my conditions. From what I can tell, here's where my conditions are pretty different than your conditions. So so kind of ignore this part, right? You know, I started one of the first web design agencies in 94, and it, it grew really fast. And so people all the time come to me and said, hey, you built a huge web design business. Uh, you know, what can I learn from you? What can I do? And I said, well, there, there are a couple things that, that have kind of stayed the same. But dude, I was building web pages in 1994. 
couple things have mm-hmm. changed since then. We only we only had like 21 tags in HTML. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. You like no longer have to ink the place. ink the blocks before you print the page. Yeah. It's yeah. Totally no. It's, it, it's, and so <laughs> I always try to point out that hey, I can give you some advice on how to scale a professional services business because certainly I've been through it. However. Here are the areas where my mileage is going to be very different than yours, right? I was selling web pages at a time when no one knew what the internet was, right? Yeah. Ain't the same for what you're doing right now, right? <laughs> um, right. It, it, and so I think it's incumbent on the advisor, a good advisor, to be self-aware enough to be able to see where the startup is, compare that to their own advice, and then kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. Again, I'm putting the onus there on the on the on the advisor. However, I would try to empower the founder as well to be able to use some of that same filter, right? Because yeah, I chances really, are the founders have only to be a small bit of that advice is going to be useful. Yeah, the, the founders have to be capable of this. Right. Well. I mean, we right. as founders have um, to be able to do this, right? Because an advisor may only give advice once, but we're going to repeatedly seek advice. So we need to make sure that we're armed as founders to do the best job we can of this. The, the onus should be on us. Hopefully the advisors are acting in, in with, with good intentions and with good technique for providing advice. But as founders, we have to be the ones to filter this stuff. Right. And along those lines, it's our job to make the decisions. At which point we're asking our advisors to make the decisions for us, or sometimes we implicitly let people make decisions for us. You know, we're at that startup weekend and we've got this great idea for this mobile app that we want to do. It's somehow always a mobile app. And some advisor comes on and just says, that's a terrible idea. It'll never work in the market. And we just pack our shit and go home. Like, oh, I, 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 I guess it's not a good idea. That's, <laughs> right. that's, that's not their decision to make. That's your decision to make, right? Yeah. Exactly. And, and you might as well be using Abraham Lincoln as your advisor at this point, just flipping the penny, right? Like, yeah, it's, no, oh, I mean, it's A or B. It's, it's really, really difficult for particularly first time and early founders to understand because they, they want the advice so badly and they deserve it. But to really understand that just because you're getting advice, that's not the same as you have to take that direction, right? A good, good, good founder will go out there and try to get as many data points as possible. You know, the essence of idea validation that we talked about earlier. And then start to sit back and say, okay, how can I start to synthesize this myself? And how can I say, hey, you know what? When I really dig into it, I had three different people give me advice in this business. But when I take them to task for what they really know about my business, none of them really knows. Ergo, I need to go get other advice. Other advice, right? It's one of the questions that I routinely ask. What have you already done to try to understand this question that you're asking me? And who else have you talked to? Right? right. Because that that can tell you if it because the it changes, it completely changes what I'm going to ask them next and and what I'm going to try to do with them to help them find that answer. If they haven't done it, like they're like, well, I haven't even Googled it yet. I'm like, hey, that's a problem because you shouldn't be seeking advice <laughs> until you've right. at least set some context for this thing, right? Um, and and if they haven't talked to anybody else, then it means that I'm gonna be the first third-party perspective they're getting on this. And I think that as an advisor, you need to be really, really careful in that situation. And, and as founders, again, like when it's the first data points that you're getting, set it aside, go get some more, and then re-examine it later. You can't try to take action off that first data point. And I, I think this happens all too often. Because, uh, you know, when you're starving... You'll eat anything, right? right? Exactly. And, and as an advisor, when you're faced with somebody who's really hungry, you want to feed them, but you have to be really careful about how you go about it, right? And and I think you need to give the as as the advisor, you need to be able to give the founder the agency to make their own decisions and make it clear that you're you're there to help guide them on the decisions, but it's their decision, 
and the moment you move into blowhard mode, where like the, you know this is the way the world works, and you're you're silly if you're not following it the way I see it, you're doing the the, the founder a disservice, right? You're, you're you're basically neutering them toward making their own decisions, which I think is just a terrible way to get started. Like I I don't want to work with anybody in that capacity. Yeah, that goes back to the notion of feeling trapped by the advice, right? If you've got this guy wearing a monocle and slamming his fist on the table telling you what you need to do next, probably worth ignoring, right? (laughs) How can you be that emphatic about my business? And so so if I had one last thought to all of this, it would be, you know, Ryan, when we talk to founders, you know, folks that are founders that are listening to this podcast, what I would really implore them to do is get great at asking questions. Get great at qualifying your advisors, right? When they say you should do X, Y, Z, the next question has to be why, right? There's no reason, if if advice is good advice, there's no reason it can't be supported. So if you want to be a really ninja friggin' founder, you've got to be able to be comfortable asking why, constantly questioning the advice. Uh, and, And by the way, it'll never backfire on you. Like it's the healthiest thing you could possibly do. Including, hey, Brian, what do we say? Including all the advice we just gave. (laughs) The the last half hour to 45 minutes, if you're not questioning everything that we just said, you're not really getting our message. I feel like our inbox just filled up. I think podcast at uh, (laughs) startups.com literally just overflowed with 5,000 messages with just a single question. Why? Yeah, right. We're going to be spending a lot of time typing over (laughs) the next couple of days, Will. Well played. That's a wrap for this episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan on behalf of my partner, Will Schroeder, and all the Startups.com family thanking you for joining us. And we hope you'll continue to join us. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to Startup Therapy. You can find all of our episodes at Startups.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more amazing resources to launch or grow your startup, be sure to head to startups.com and check out Startups Unlimited. It's everything we have to offer, from our online university to our amazing community of experts and founders, and even all the tools we've built like BizPlan, Fundable, and LaunchRock. It's everything a founder needs. Visit startups.com slash begin. That's startups.com slash B-E-G-I-N. You'll thank me later.